Welcome to Eddie's Podcast. To subscribe to this magnificent podcast, go to www.eddiepodcast.com. This show is hosted by Eddie Stevens and his much better half, Jackie. Are you ready? I know I am. So, sit back, relax, and let's enjoy Eddie's Podcast. Hi, my name is Eddie Stevens, and welcome to the first edition of Eddie's Podcast. Today, my guest is Dr. Alberto Vialdo. I have known Dr. Vialdo for decades, and in 2001, had a profound experience where he took me to Peru to study shamanism in ancient places such as Machu Picchu and Aliantantambo and Pisac, where we practiced ancient shamanic rituals and I discovered energies I had never felt before. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest, Dr. Alberto Vialdo. Do something that matters every single day. Eddie's podcast is here to show you the way. He presents some opinions and interesting views. He even has Jackie on to discuss the news. It's Eddie's podcast. Alberto Vialdo, how good it is to see you today. Thank you, Eddie. It's great to be with you. Now, welcome to the Eddie's podcast. You are my first guest. And to be honest with you, um, I asked you to be on because you taught me something incredible that kind of changed my life. Um, in 2001, I had the opportunity to travel to Peru with you and actually study something that I had no clue about and, and I didn't even go there with the purpose to study it. I, I thought I was just going to take some cool photographs and that trip to Peru where we studied shamanism and practiced ceremony in Olean Tintambo and Machu Picchu and the Incan Trail and Pisac um, and uh, that was such a profound experience for me that just changed how I understood the world around us. So Thank you for that influence. No, my pleasure. It was a pleasure to travel with you to the ancient land of the Incas and study their social systems and medicine and mythology that I think all really bear time, bear um, and have something to say about the times that we're living through right now. For people that may not know, what what do you what is a shaman? Well, first let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a medical anthropologist which means that I have a PhD in anthropology and I study ancient cultures. Um, and the, in the ancient cultures I specialize in are the, in the Americas. And I studied the medicine men and women, the healers of the Native American cultures and what are their models of health and how do they compare to ours? And in the process of studying it, um, I approached it initially like a, like a scientist studies uh, the bacteria or the brain by putting it under the microscope and trying to slice it, dice it, stain it, and understand it. The problem with that model of studying things is that you have to kill them first. <laughs> and that gets a little complicated with anthropology because these are living societies. So they, 
in the process of studying their medicine, men and women, I became one of them. I became a, a healer. And the model of healing of the shaman is that you don't treat the seas, is that you create the conditions for health, and then the seas goes away by itself. Our Western model of healing is one pill, one ill. We have 14,000 different illnesses and we treat diseases separately. And whereas the shamans say, illnesses don't exist. Sick people exist, but diseases don't exist. And if you treat the disease, you're forgetting to treat the person. So that was very valuable training for me. And that's what I do today. I train modern shamans that are versed in the ancient practices of energy medicine, of working with the energy field that surrounds the body, but also with cutting edge brain science. And when I experienced this profound journey in 2001 and learned how a totally different cultural approaches medicine and how our, our habits you know, or to use the pharmaceutical industry to treat symptoms. And yet this beautiful people have been able to thrive uh, for millennia um, without that type of medicine. Yeah. Well, we live in the grip of big pharma, Eddie. Unfortunately, it's what I call the age of pharmageddon that, <laughs> that we're living in. And and we think that this is the cure, when in reality, it's probably more of the ill than the cure. Um, so what I teach my students today is that we are programmed for, literally programmed for immortality. And I want to give you some of the science that supports that. There are 40 million different species in the planet. 40 million species of grasshoppers and whales and eagles and gophers and squirrels and humans. And out of those 40 million species, the nature, mother nature kills the female in 99.999% of these species when she's no longer reproductively viable. In only three species does the female get to live beyond menopause to become a grandmother. And these species are humans, orcas, whales, and dolphins. These are the only three species that are not programmed to die right after reproduction, which is what biology is about, but to have a long life. And these are the three species that have the biggest brain, to body weight ratio. So we're taking part in an experiment in intelligence. So nature favors intelligence over muscles and teeth and brawn and claws and has given us the, we're not programmed for early death. There's no death program in our DNA, in human DNA or in dolphin DNA or in whale DNA because we're part of an experiment that says, hey, if you can activate the higher regions of your brain to create health, you, you can live a very long and healthy life. If you don't, you're going to be working from the region of the brain that creates psychosomatic disease. And that's the ancient brain, the lower brain that lives in fear, in fight or flight, 
that meets enemies, you know, in your profession, there's a lot of, you know, the bad guys, the other. How can, you know, when you're going through a divorce, I had a friend of mine say to me, I hate the, I miss the woman that I married, but I hate the woman I'm divorcing. That's that old brain that needs to create enemies that doesn't allow healing to happen because the mind will kill you or will heal you. And we can take part in this experiment in longevity that only dolphins, humans, and whales are allowed to participate in right now. Now, I've heard you mention that shamans specifically are the keepers and deliverers of the prophecy. What exactly do you mean by that? Well, the, um, one of the understandings of the medicine men and women of the Americas is that time is not fixed that you can actually journey through time to the past to help somebody heal a trauma that might have occurred when they were three, or you can journey forward in time so that if you lived in the, the village of fishermen, you could lead the fishermen to where the fish were going to be tomorrow, or the buffalo were going to be the next day. You could journey forward in time, and if you went far enough, you could read the signs of destiny and foretell critical events to come. And the, these were the prophets, and they, were, they foresaw this environmental crisis that we're living in right now. And they spoke about it as the cataclysm of 2012. They pegged it to the year 2012, where nothing happened except that that was the tipping point. And today we're living in a pandemic world that is not an isolated event that's occurring within the context of climate change, of a big extinction event that is happening in the planet right now. The sixth major extinction event since the dawn of life in the planet. The last one, the previous one was 65 million years ago when a meteorite struck the earth and, and destroyed all the great animals. And, so the context is huge, environmental, climate-oriented, humanity affected by this pandemic. And from the point of view of the Earth, getting rid of humans may be the best thing that could happen to the climate. I personally don't like that solution because I'm part of that group. So I think that the... Um, the seers of old, the prophets, the prophecies they left was about the extinction of humanity, but the dawn, the birth of a new human, the death of Homo sapiens and the birth of Homo luminous, of luminous man, of an enlightened human that can live sustainably. Let's talk about that concept of a, a new human and how someone going through this can take steps to kind of evolve to that level? Well, my most recent book that was a Wall Street Journal bestseller is called Grow a New Body. How, how do you grow a new body that is healthier, that heals and ages differently? And it's based on the understanding that we grow a new body every seven years. Every seven, every five days you change all of the cells of your skin. 
Every three days, the lining of your gut and the lining of your lungs are replaced. Every seven years, every bone in your body is replaced, every molecule. So we have these programs in our genetic makeup. And we also have the programming for infinity, for immortality. So how do we not just grow a body that's a little older and more wrinkled and more broken than the one we had? Well, we do it through our diet, through how we eat and what we eat. Let me give you an example. When I was in, an anthropologist in the Amazon, I was funded actually by Big Pharma. They wanted to discover the next big cancer cure or dementia cure. This was 40 years ago because the Amazon is nature's pharmacy. And I came back empty-handed. They funded me for months to go into the backwaters of the Amazon and, to, and I met with people that had never seen a light-skinned person before. You know, the kids would come running up to me and rub my arm to see if the white dirt would rub off. And, the, uh, and I came back empty-handed because they had no cancer, no heart disease, no dementia, no Alzheimer's, no Parkinson's. These are the illnesses of the West and of our Western lifestyle. And these, are, these can be avoided through lifestyle modifications. Like what? Well, like, um, like sleeping well. So when you sleep, actually when you sleep, your brain shrinks by 25% so that the cleaning machines can go and scour and clean out all the toxins in your brain and release them. And that's how you get a deep rest. If you don't, if you sleep, but you don't rest because you're high strung and stressed out, your brain gets toxic. Your brain gets toxic, you will get Parkinson's and you get Alzheimer's. Today, if you live to be 85 years old, you have a 50% risk for Alzheimer's you live to be 90, that all of us will get to be 90, you have a 75% risk. Those are not good statistics. They're not good odds. So one way that you prevent it is through your, your sleep, through diet, eating green, eating organic. You cannot grow a new body on french fries. So we already know how we need to eat. You know, we know we need to eat seasonally. We need to eat well, cut back on the meats make your diet a primarily a plant-based diet, which is what we always ate, with occasional fish, occasional meat. Diet, sleep, exercise. We know exercise is absolutely essential. Even 20 minutes of exercise a day. And finally, you need to practice forgiveness. You need to heal the toxins in your energy field that are the the, the, the raw emotions that are the toxic emotions that we carry, which are anger, resentment. Um, if, you, if you stay up at night saying, I should have done this, or I should have responded in this way, you're holding on to a belief system that somebody wronged you, and that's going to make you sick. And the part of that part of healing is the hardest. It's easier to change your diet than to change your attitude towards your ex. And to say to him, thank you, thank you for all the lessons you brought me. Even though they were terrible, I never wanna learn 
in that same way again, but thank you, and I forgive you, and please forgive me. And then take it beyond forgiveness. Practice gratitude. Thank you for teaching me. I will never, ever have to learn that way again. So, so even if you go through a horrible experience, you should be gracious that you learn from that experience? Well, you can't be gracious about that until you learn from that experience. And if you don't learn from that experience, you're going to have to keep repeating it until you learn. So what the task of the shaman is, is not only to patch you up when you have a broken heart or a broken marriage or a broken uh, bone, but to help you understand what is life trying to teach you? What is being offered to you? And I remember one of my patients saying to me, you know, Alberto, my cancer saved my life. I went, wow, you're never going to get sick again. Because she got the answer, she got the lesson. Her life was killing her. The cancer was the symptom. Ah, it saved her life. So that's at the core of shamanic healing. If you understand that, you understand shamanic energy medicine. And you, you mentioned before the pandemic and the prophecy. Do you think what we're currently experiencing is part of that ancient prophecy that the shamans have been curating this whole time? Absolutely. I remember being in the Amazon and one of the med a medicine woman from the Amazon who was one of the prophets, she came to me and said, you know, Alberto, we're going to miss our white brother. Referring and to us. <laughs> referring to us. Because they're going to survive. They're going to continue. They're children of the earth. They live in nature. And we're going to miss our white brother that lived in cities. In, in cities now, like hospitals are becoming infection centers. So in this crazy, crazy time, I mean, is this bad or, or is this a, a could this be used as a positive moment? Look, Eddie, if you look at the, at the statistics, 70% 70 of Americans are in bad health. 50% of them are sick. 50% of Americans are at least on three different medications. And if you look at the statistics at the bell curve for the COVID-19, for the coronavirus, 97% of the population gets a mild virus. It's only 3% that primarily the elderly, or if you have a very high dose exposure, you're on the front lines, you're working as a doctor or a nurse, you get a high dose exposure, you can get very sick. But it's primarily taking the ill and the people that have underlying pathologies, the heart conditions, diabetes, the obesity. So this is an invitation to get exceptionally well. Don't sit around waiting for a vaccine. In fact, it's likely we'll never come up with a vaccine, but this will become a seasonal event, just like the, the seasonal flu, which is also a coronavirus. So you've got to get well. You've got to grow a new body. You've got to take it as an opportunity to get healthy so you don't become a statistic. And the people that don't get well are going to be, continue to be more vulnerable. So I was happy to read about the 103-year-old woman that recovered from coronavirus. 
you know, this is, and we, they asked her, what did you, why did you recover? And uh, her response was, it's impossible to kill a weed. <laughs> That's the best response I've ever heard. This is, you got to get healthy now, grow a new body. And, you know, the, this is in my most recent book, How Do You Grow a New Body? We know how to do it today. We have the nutritional, we have the dietary, we have the emotional, and we have the shamanic, the energetic. We know how to do it. And take this as an opportunity not to wait for the vaccine, but to get into extraordinary health. If someone was more interested in your teachings and maybe when this uh, virus is over, this pandemic is over, do you still plan on taking these incredible expeditions that I had the, the benefit of joining uh, you on one? Or? We, still lead our, we still lead our expeditions to Peru and to the Andes and to meet and work with the shamans. We also have a training program where we train energy medicine practitioners. And it's a virtual program, an online program. And you can get more information at our website, the4wins.com. The4wins.com. And Alberto, I, I will be honest with you. I, you. When I first met you decades ago, you, you handed me a book called uh, that you wrote, The Dance of the Four Winds. And I, I read it before our experience in Peru. And uh, I thought it was a fantasy book. Um, but when I practiced the ceremony and um, went through these experiences and allowed myself to surrender to the experience, I think that's something you talk about in Dance of the Four Winds. Um, I, I left with so much more. I, I, the, the water ceremony at Olean Tintambo, I, I felt energies I had never felt before. What we did at Machu Picchu, where we practiced ceremony for the winter solstice and did despachios. Um, and I, I just want to say that, that truly, those experiences truly had a meaning on how I view the world and I think have helped me be a better person. So thank you very much. You're welcome, Eddie. It's great to be with you. Please. Uh, you know, spread the message of hope that we're here to bring and good luck with your program. Thank you, Alberto. It was great to talk to you. And so another chapter ends, another book concludes, another story has been told. Are we better for it? I'm afraid the answer to that has been lost for hundreds of years. Be sure to join us next week for another edition of Eddie's Podcast. To subscribe to this impressive podcast, go to www.eddiepodcast.com. And by the beard of Zeus, go do something that matters. <laughs>